This is Dr. Rob Harder with the Nonprofit Leadership Podcast, making your world better. What does it take to be an effective nonprofit leader today? What are the biggest challenges? What are the biggest obstacles? How should nonprofits fundraise in an economy that is constantly changing? All of these reasons combined led me to start this show. And it's my hope that through this series, people can learn not only what it takes to be an effective nonprofit organization, but to hear from effective leaders who are successfully making a positive impact in their communities. We hope you enjoy the show as together we hear how they are making their world better. The Nonprofit Leadership Podcast is supported by First Republic Bank. With First Republic, everyone gets a personal banker who will sit down and learn about you and your goals. You're then connected with specialists and solutions you may not have considered. Isn't it time you align yourself with a bank that believes in you and your future success? Learn more at firstrepublic.com, member FDIC, equal housing lender. As a leader of a nonprofit, you know firsthand how important it is to have the right technology, tools, and strategies in place to achieve your mission. Well, that's where Heller Consulting comes in. Heller Consulting is a premier consulting firm that specializes in helping nonprofit organizations achieve their goals through effective technology strategy and implementation. Whether you need help with technology roadmaps, CRM strategy, Salesforce, or Microsoft implementations, Team Heller has you covered. With Heller Consulting on your side, you can trust that you'll have the support you need to make the most of your organization's technology resources. Visit teamheller.com slash NLP to learn more. Again, that's teamheller.com slash NLP to learn more. Do your investments align with your values? Well, now's the time to increase your triple bottom line to better people, profit, and the planet. Amalgamated Investment Services, a division of America's socially responsible bank, has a deep-seated commitment to affecting systemic change through investments. By specializing in triple bottom line impact, they can help navigate the common hurdles experienced by nonprofit organizations and foundations. From creating a sustainable policy statement to avoiding the all-too-prevalent greenwashing. If you would like to join them in creating a more just and sustainable world, please visit amalgamatedbank.com slash nonprofit investing. Again, that's amalgamatedbank.com slash nonprofit investing. Securities offered through Infinix Investments Incorporated, member FINRA and SIPC. Amalgamated Investment Services is a trade name of Amalgamated Bank Infinex and Amalgamated Bank are not affiliated. For many of us, change is a four-letter word. We don't like it. We avoid it. But for others of us, it's literally just the opposite. We thrive in change. We love variety. And we are constantly seeking to bring change to our nonprofit in order to impact more people. Now, I found in my own experience that more people dislike change than like it. And I've also found that if you're an executive director or CEO of your organization, you probably are one of those who's very comfortable with change. And the more passionate you are about your mission, sometimes this can result in you wanting to bring about more change than your board or your other staff members would prefer. So how can we as leaders manage this tension when it comes to change? Can we ever bring about too much change too quickly? Well, this and more will be discussed by Hal Donaldson. He is an author, and he's also the founder and CEO of Convoy of Hope. Convoy of Hope is a humanitarian organization that has impacted more than 200 million people through the last 30 years. I think you're going to really get a lot out of Hal's insights on leadership today. Enjoy today's show.
Hal, it's great having you on the show today. Uh, well, I'd like to ask you all about leadership. You've got wonderful experience. And specifically today, I'd like to know a little bit more about your take on how to create positive change in an organization. And of course, um, how then to create positive change in the world. Um, so maybe we could just first talk a bit about change in one's organization. A lot of my listeners, how are uh, nonprofit CEOs, executive directors, maybe directors of development or their board members. And change, as you know, is always part of your organization. And yet change is hard. And so maybe we could start with the question, why is change so hard to accept? Well, first, hey, I want to say thank you for having me on the on the program, the podcast. And you bet. Congratulations on the podcast, Rob. It's just outstanding. Uh, to answer your question, by nature, I think that uh, we dislike the unknown. We don't want to trade what we know and what we've experienced maybe for what's unknown. And I think that creates a lot of challenges for organizations, nonprofits, because if they are, their quest is to maintain the status quo, that may be the last thing that they, they need to be doing. And I, I think it's just uncomfortable by nature because we're afraid that we're going to give up something that we love. I mean, that's to put it very succinctly. Oh, that's well said. Now, from what you've experienced, how can leaders best bring about positive change into the organization? I, I think it be begins with believability of the leader. And does the team believe in that leader's ability to, to lead and to discern? Do they trust the leader's motive, integrity? Leaders have to earn the right uh, to bring change to organizations. And uh, I'll just give you one example. One organization I was working with many, many years ago, um, I, when I arrived, the organization was in trouble financially. And over the course of that first year, we were able to turn some things around and you know, success gives you, as a leader, opportunity to bring change, but you have to earn it. And a lot of times, I think leaders come in and they make a drastic change too early, right? And that, that can cost them as well. But success has a way of just giving you carte blanche, if you will. And that's what happened for me. I think also leaders earn uh, credibility by being willing to retrace their steps when something isn't working. Being willing to stop and to go back and to rethink things. That, that gives people confidence. And in an organization like Convoy of Hope, uh, one of the things that we believe in is reconnaissance, uh, gathering information, doing the research, because that gives people confidence that it's the right change. And so at Convoy, we do a lot of uh, pilot programs. We do a lot of testing. Uh, we like to walk before we run. I like that. Uh, talk a bit more about what does that look like to retrace your steps? Um, maybe you have an example of that, of how a leader can humble themselves, right? And say, you know what? I really, I made a mistake or next time I'll make a better decision based on here's what I've learned. Talk about what does that look like? And again, maybe you have an experience you could point to. Sure. I won't give you the name of the country, but there have been a few countries that we have gone to and we've tried to launch our children's feeding program or the women's empowerment or our agriculture initiatives. And the truth was that we, uh, uh, we didn't do enough homework. We went into the country without the right leaders in place, without the right structure in place. And as a result, we, we had to say, now's not the right time. We have to do more work and then let's come at it again. And the next time we're going to do it right. So we're not afraid to admit our mistakes and to say, you know what, that's not working. We're not getting the numbers that we really believe are, are necessary. And, uh, but we're not going to give up. We'll just come back stronger next time. 
Oh, I like that. Great example. And you mentioned this a bit already in your earlier answer, but have you ever brought too much change too quickly? Or in general, why is that a problem when you try to bring too much change? Yeah, we've done that. Absolutely okay. true. And, and you know, I think for us, vision has often been and direction has been incremental. We don't necessarily know where it is taking us. We don't know the destination. So one of the things we've learned through the years, it doesn't hurt to be methodical as long as you're heading in the right direction. And as, right, as long as the destination is the right destination, it doesn't hurt you to be methodical. And, and meaning that you don't have to make changes, drastic changes. I, I used to think, Rob, that, you know, that we could just simply create momentum in an organization. The longer I've been at it, the more I realize that we actually invite momentum, not necessarily create, but really invite by doing the right things, by making sure the team is pursuing the same purpose and mission. All that does is it creates an environment that I think invites momentum. And I think there, there, there are probably two questions that are, are critical, extremely critical to momentum. And uh, I, maybe I can just share those with you real quickly. That at Convoy, we ask ourselves a lot. And the question is, what are we doing that we shouldn't, right? And what are we not doing that we should? And so we take ourselves through that exercise pretty regularly just to make sure that uh, we are doing an internal audit, if you will, of our activities and spending the resources wisely. And so I think asking those kind of questions really positions the organization for the positive change that we all want. I like that. Those are great questions to ask. An internal audit too. I, I love that uh, concept. What's well, a good segue into, you know, as a leader, helping your team to align behaviors and values with your nonprofit's mission is absolutely critical. What are some of the signs that your organization's behaviors and values are not aligned with its mission? And then how do you go about changing that? Yeah, one of the ways you realize that the mission and the team are not aligned is walk around your facility your team members, and ask them to recite what the values and the mission are. Ask the question. Okay, so if they can't recite it, that tells you you probably are not in alignment and have some work to do. And how do you change that? I mean, it, it really takes repetition. It's, it's repetition of the message to the team. It takes them a long time. Uh, typically, it does. To absorb the organization's values, to really understand the mission. So you have to say it, you have to say it, you have to say it again. I think another sign that uh, maybe you're not in alignment is by asking your constituencies and partners what what they believe about you. And if they're far from who you want to be, who you say you're going to be, who you are, then chances are you're, you know, you're you're not in alignment. And I think one of the things you can do, here's a couple of practical tips would be questionnaires and focus groups, um, asking your partners and constituencies what they believe about you. I, I think that's another way to really uh, assess where you're at. I think maybe a, a third way to really recognize if, if you're off mission or not in alignment is really interpreting your numbers. Mm, uh, when okay. you go to measure your outcomes, you know, what are the numbers telling you? Mm-hmm. Because the do the numbers do speak, they're they're telling a story, and what are they saying? And uh, I think at Convoy, as I mentioned, that one example of going to countries that probably we should not have gone to right away, um, it was because the numbers were telling us, telling a story, and so 
I think those are just a few of the ways that we learn uh, or we discover that we're not in alignment. I really like what you shared there. You know, it's interesting. There's no doubt asking your team internally, you know, how is their mission alignment? But I think you said something really interesting too that I don't see a lot of nonprofits do is ask the people you're serving and ask the community more broadly, what do you think of this organization? And if there's a major gap between what you say on paper and what you're getting from the community, there's probably a brand gap, some people would call it, or a mission misalignment. So I, I think that's really wise uh, to make sure you're aligning who you say you are, and that's actually connecting with those you're trying to serve and certainly the community that wants to support you. I'm glad you mentioned Convoy of Hope a couple of times. I do now want to shift a little bit and talk about the work that you're doing there. It's quite impressive. You're the founder and CEO of Convoy of Hope, and it's been 30 years now. And over the last 30 years, Convoy of Hope has served more than 200 million people. That's really, really impressive. And you mostly do that through hunger relief, job training for mothers, agricultural initiatives, community events, disaster response. Let me ask you, what has been the secret of your success over these last 30 years? Yeah, I think we've uh, really tried to uh, maybe under-promise and over-deliver. We haven't spent a tremendous amount of money on uh, marketing. We've really tried to uh, earn a reputation rather than uh, build an image. And so I think uh, after so many years being in the trenches, really doing the job that we say we're going to do. And so I think that's probably another factor, doing uh, what we say we're going to do. And people, you know, you earn, again, you earn a reputation. And we've, I think we've worked really hard at operating at a high level of integrity, a high level of humility, uh, not getting full of ourselves. And, you know, there's probably, there's probably some other factors, but I think it really does come down to the generosity of uh, corporations and churches, volunteers, civic groups. I mean, um, I'm one who really believes in the heart of the American people. I do. And despite all the negative news, I see it every day, just unbelievable generosity. And, and as a person of faith, you know, I, I, I do believe that God wants to help the poor and the suffering more than I do. Um, he's, just, he's just looking for people who will raise their hand that he can work through uh, to get the job done. We'll be right back. The Nonprofit Leadership Podcast is supported by First Republic Bank. With First Republic, everyone gets a personal banker who will sit down and learn about you and your goals. You're then connected with specialists and solutions you may not have considered. Isn't it time you align yourself with a bank that believes in you and your future success? Learn more at firstrepublic.com, member FDIC, equal housing lender. As a leader of a nonprofit, you know firsthand how important it is to have the right technology, tools, and strategies in place to achieve your mission. Well, that's where Heller Consulting comes in. Heller Consulting is a premier consulting firm that specializes in helping nonprofit organizations achieve their goals through effective technology strategy and implementation. Whether you need help with technology roadmaps, CRM strategy, Salesforce, or Microsoft implementations, Team Heller has you covered. With Heller Consulting on your side, you can trust that you'll have the support you need to make the most of your organization's technology resources. Visit teamheller.com slash NLP to learn more. Again, that's teamheller.com slash NLP to learn more. Do your investments align with your values? Well, now's the time to increase your triple bottom line to better people, profit, and the planet. Amalgamated Investment Services, a division of America's socially responsible bank, has a deep-seated commitment to affecting systemic change through investments, 
By specializing in triple bottom line impact, they can help navigate the common hurdles experienced by nonprofit organizations and foundations. From creating a sustainable policy statement to avoiding the all-too-prevalent greenwashing. If you would like to join them in creating a more just and sustainable world, please visit amalgamatedbank.com slash nonprofit investing. Again, that's amalgamatedbank.com slash nonprofit investing. Securities offered through Infinix Investments Incorporated, member FINRA and SIPC. Amalgamated Investment Services is a trade name of Amalgamated Bank, Infinex, and Amalgamated Bank are not affiliated. Well, thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If this is your first time listening to us, I wanted to make sure you're aware of a whole group of other episodes with fascinating guests that I previously interviewed. Just go to our website, nonprofitleadershippodcast.org. There you will find numerous interviews of nonprofit leaders from all over the country, including some from other countries, all trying to make their world better. And when you go to our website, you can also subscribe to my monthly leadership update in order to get more content, ask me questions, and join the Nonprofit Leadership Podcast community. Just look for the subscribe button, which is on the top right-hand side. It's a real easy process. Well, thanks again for listening. Now back to the show. Well, I understand also you've written a book with all the free time that you must have. Um, and you've written a book entitled Disruptive Compassion, Becoming the Revolutionary You Were Born to Be. Now, in this book, you make the declaration that every one of us possess the power to create real and meaningful change. Now, we've been talking about change, right, in one's organization. And I also, as I understand from the book, um, you mean that we all have the capacity to bring about meaningful change in our part of the world. So maybe talk more about what you mean by this statement. How does this look in someone's life? Uh, yes, absolutely. And, you know, years ago, Rob, I, I interviewed a Mother Teresa in Calcutta, oh, wow. uh, India. And in the course of that interview, she stopped me and she said, young man, let me ask you a question. What are you doing to help the poor and the suffering? And um, I figured it was probably not a good idea to lie to Mother Teresa. <laughs> That's right? probably, probably a real good smart. idea. <laughs> and uh -huh. so I told her the truth. I said, I'm really not doing much of anything. And she said to me, everyone can do something. Just do the next kind thing that God puts in front of you. Wow. And those words were haunting. But she also simplified for me how to make a difference in the world, right? And I, I think some people, many people, are paralyzed by the magnitude of the need. And because they can't meet every need, they don't do anything. They do nothing. Doing something is always better than doing nothing. I think that's one of the things that she helped me understand. And I just would encourage your listeners, just begin to do the kind things right in front of you, and you have no idea where it will lead. 30 years ago, I loaded up a pickup truck after meeting with Mother Teresa, uh, loaded up with groceries and started passing them out to the poor and the suffering. You know, I had no idea where that would take me, but it's taken me on a 30-year journey serving 200 million people. I love that story. Um, what was the occasion to meet Mother Teresa? Like, did you go out to see her in India or was she here in the States and speaking at some event or how did you meet her? Yeah, in my early days, I was a, a writer and oh, okay. uh, I wrote a, a lot of books. Or people when I was writing a book for some missionaries in Calcutta. Okay. And when I landed, they told me that they wanted me to interview Mother Teresa for their book. And so that really was the circumstance that uh, really was pivotal in uh, launching Convoy of Hope. Yeah, excellent. That's really, that's fascinating, uh, this interaction and how it shaped you. And obviously you 
acted on that. And it sounds like life's never been quite the same. Uh, so impressive. Oh. Now, you're convinced that each one of us can really be that change agent right where we are with what we already have. And this podcast really uh, gels well, I think, with that concept. Uh, you'll hear me say in my podcast every time, you know, keep making your world better. And I, because I believe the same thing, I think that we can all make our world better in small or big ways, potentially. So I fully resonate with your sentiment here. Tell me more about what's behind your belief that we can all truly make our corner of the world better. You've seen it in what you're doing. Maybe there's a couple of examples you can share where you've really seen somebody discover that they too can make a difference in their world. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I've seen it all over the world. Honestly, I've seen it all over the world how one plate of food, one bag of groceries, one cup of water, one coat, one blanket, one pair of shoes can give people hope that tomorrow can be better than today. But it begins with someone like you or me, Rob, who are willing to hand them that bag of groceries or that plate of food. You know, that's where it begins. And I, I believe the hope can be transferred through our generous our generosity and our smiles. It can be transferred to people. And I've seen that everywhere I've gone. I've seen malnourished children become strong and go to college and graduate and then go back to serve their own people. I've seen community outreaches like in New York, where one year a woman who was destitute and she comes to one of the outreaches, receives food, but she also finds connection to other people in her community and she finds programs and I come back a year later at the following year's event, and she's no longer in line to receive. No, she's one of the volunteers helping people because her life over the course of a year had completely turned around. And again, just the gratitude that I've seen from people who receive. So no, I, I just, I believe, I believe in the power that each one of us has to be used by God to transform a person's life. I've seen mothers who were destitute mothers who were abused, break out of that, escape that uh, lifestyle. Why? Because they went through a job training program and now they own their own business, they own their own home, and they're feeding their own kids. Uh, I've seen farmers, I've seen their, their crops, their yields increase 200, 300%. And it's not only changed their lives, but it's changed their community. I've seen it all over the world. I mean, those are just a few examples of the power of compassion uh, if we'll just do what we can. You know, I think giving hope to people, it's not expensive, but neither is it free. It requires that you and I choose a life of generosity so others can have a life of opportunity. And, you know, I, right now, I, I just really believe that there's an epidemic of loneliness in America and around the world. As I travel the globe, people are lonely. And to reach out to them and befriend them it doesn't cost us a dime. And I think that's really what Mother Teresa was, was saying, that giving people hope is a lot, uh, a lot less expensive. It's a lot easier than we think. Now, really like what you're saying there. Now, um, you use this word disruptive compassion. Uh, I really like that term. Uh, but what do you mean exactly by this? Yeah, I think our natural tendency is to just go through our days focused on um, what we need and what we can achieve. But through acts of compassion, acts of compassion can disrupt, can absolutely disrupt the status quo of our lives, but also disrupt the status quo of the people we are serving. So compassion can be disruptive to the status quo. And uh, my life began to change when I began waking up every morning asking a different question. 
for years, I, I woke up asking, okay, what can I achieve and what do I need today? But I added another question, and that question was, who can I invest in today? And when I made that, that slight change, that small change in my thinking, I, I had more fulfillment, I had more purpose, I found greater happiness. But it began with just asking a different question when I woke up every morning. I like that. Who do I invest in today? Yeah. That's good. I like that. Okay. Thank you for that. Now, you see a lot of hardship. You see people struggle, again, with some really difficult things because you travel the world. What gives you hope these days? Because it's interesting, your whole organization is called Convoy of Hope. So what is giving you hope today? Well, certainly my faith plays into that. Uh, that gives me hope. I, I'm seeing thousands and thousands, um, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of volunteers. People are willing to give it their time. People have been willing to give of their resources to for people who they will never meet. They'll never meet them. They'll never get to hear those words of gratitude, yet they're willing. That gives me hope. And I'm seeing corporations, again, that will receive nothing from it. Corporations open up their doors and give product. I'm seeing churches, churches that are even struggling themselves, and encourage their people to give an offering to the poor and the suffering. And I'm seeing civic organizations, I'm seeing all these different groups come together without concern for who's going to get the credit and whose name is going to be on it. I think that's that's reason for hope. It, it gives me a lot of hope. And I think also, you know, just seeing all the people escape poverty, uh, people who their lives are, are just being changed or, uh, through all the, the generosity of people. I think also, um, you know, just people, people being uh, kind uh, choosing a life of kindness. You know, we talk about compassion a lot. I think there's another level. There's a, there's a higher level than compassion. And that's what I call selflessness. And I'm seeing a lot of selfless people. And so that's what gives me hope. I love all, each one of those. That, that encourages me to hear those things. Now, maybe the flip side of that a little bit is that you see a lot of struggle and hardship. What do you feel like when it comes to your organization, but maybe more broadly speaking, even nonprofit organizations, both locally and then internationally, what are some of the biggest challenges that we collectively face here this year and the next, say, three to five years? Well, certainly an uncertain economy. You know, I think when, when things are uncertain, uh, people have a tendency to circle the wagons and I think one of the worst things that organizations can do when the economy uh, is turned upside down and when there's uncertainty, one of the worst things organizations can do is to circle the wagons and stop doing or fulfilling their mission. In the case of the pandemic, you know, we started with a 10 million meals goal. We're going we're gonna to feed, we're going to provide 10 million meals to people around the country. Rob, by the end of it, we, we had given out over 200 million meals. And yeah. And, you know, I think um, that would be my word of encouragement because there will be a lot of uncertainty over the next three to five years. We have elections coming up. We have an uncertain economy. There are a lot of people that uh, their, their sources for food and supplies are drying up. I just want to encourage people, keep going. Uh, keep going. Keep, keep bearing fruit because the resources will follow fruit. Just keep doing what you say you're going to do and uh, be encouraged not to stop. Don't quit. Again, well said. And do you feel like, because you see, you have a unique perspective between both what's going on in the United States as well as going, what's going on internationally. Do you feel like 
equally, both internationally and in various countries and the United States, we're going to be facing some of these challenges? Or do you feel um, there's certain areas that are really uh, experiencing even a greater sense of difficulty and challenge? Yeah, uh, during the pandemic, well over 100 million people fell back into extreme poverty. Oh, wow. We had made incredible progress over the last few, you know, two decades. And, uh, you know, we've had to, uh, unfortunately, we've had to, uh, you know, go back and um, look at what we're doing and to do everything we can to turn, turn it back to a positive. Yeah. Well, again, people that are listening probably want to get to know a little bit more about you, perhaps personally, and then certainly about Convoy of Hope. So how can they do that? What's the best way for them to connect with you and then Convoy of Hope? Yes, convoyofhope.org. Uh, it's, it's that simple. And that website will give them all the information they need. And uh, I, again, I just want to say thank you for the invitation to be with you today. And uh, again, congratulations for an outstanding podcast. Uh, thank you, Hal, so much. Well, thanks for being on the show and thanks for all you're doing. You're making a huge difference and what a, a chance encounter with Mother Teresa, but look how it's shaped your life and look what you're doing now. So uh, thanks for all you're doing. Thank you so much. You bet. Hey, friends. Well, I wanted you to know that this podcast can be found on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, Google Podcasts, and wherever you listen to other podcasts. I also want to encourage you to like, subscribe, and share this podcast with others. This will actually help us get this great content out to more nonprofit leaders just like you. You can also join the Nonprofit Leadership Podcast community, find other resources and interviews of past guests all on my website, nonprofitleadershippodcast.org. Well, thanks again for listening. And until next time, keep making your world better.